it's very possible that you qualify for one or more. Give me a call and we will get into more detail. 864-307-8484. There you go, listener. You may have a strong possibility of SEP, Special Election Period. Just call Gary at 864-307-8484. And remember that Gary will shepherd you through Medicare in the unlikely event that he does not represent a company plan that you're interested in. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Every pitch, every at-bat, and every game, we have you covered. We're the flagship station for Clemson baseball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the roar. Out of bounds, William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead, right here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. The Tigers still doing a little infield, outfield batting practice today. And we have, before we go to Brett Friedlander, talk a little ACC, I have in my hand the starting lineups. And I made the people wait through the break. And I said that there would be something very shocking in the lineup today. And I'm just going to tell you the first name in the lineup is Caden Grice. Caden Grice is leading off on opening day, boys and girls. Wait a minute. Do with that what information now? what you will. That's right. Uh, leading off and playing first base, number 31, Caden Grice. Ben, your reaction to that? I think you hear my reaction. How about <laughs> that? Okay, uh, so quickly, and, and I know, we, we're Brett, we're coming to you here, but that's, that's significant in that Caden uh, was a guy who had issues making contact uh, especially with two strikes on him last year. That is not typically who you put in a leadoff role. However, we were told by the staff that his approach to the plate has been magnificent in camp and that he is making contact. This would indicate that they were telling us the truth on that. That's right, and it would indicate it to a greater degree than I even thought when uh, when Nick Schnabel specifically said that uh, earlier this week. Uh, Riley Bertram at second base will be hitting second. Blake Wright uh, at third base is hitting third. Cam Canarell, a freshman from Hartsville that everybody loves, is playing center field and hitting in the cleanup spot. Tyler Corbett, the DH, batting fifth. Chad Ferry in right field, batting sixth. Uh, you've got Benjamin Blackwell playing shortstop, hitting seventh. Jack Crichton, left fielder, uh, another youngster, batting eighth. And Jacob Jarrell, batting ninth and catching today. Ryan Ammons on the mound. Lefty, three freshmen, three juniors, 
three seniors and a junior on the mound. Cooper Engel not in the lineup today. Uh, I was told he would likely be in the lineup tomorrow, still dealing with a little bit of soreness in his uh, in his throwing arm, but uh, we will see him this weekend for sure. Now, with that behind us, we go to Brett Friedlander, talking a little ACC. I'm sure he's going to talk baseball, talk hoops with us as well. He joins us each and every Friday, SaturdayRoad.com and at BFreedACC on Twitter. Brett, hello. What's up, man? Oh, baseball is what's up. That's what that's what's going on, and I'm happy about that. Let me make two comments about Mr. Grice leading off before we get started on anything sure. else. First of all, the leadoff position has changed of recent, you know, ilk. And you look at the Ronald Acunas and, and the guys. It's, for some reason, it's more of a power uh, uh, position now as, as opposed to a walk, get on, steal kind of position. And number two, if, if memory serves me right, and I, I don't have access to my column that I wrote yesterday about predicting the leading home run hitter for every ACC team, I think Grace was my pick for Clemson. And if that's the case, batting leadoff gives him how many much more, you know, an extra swing per game to, you know, to make my prediction come true, right? You know what? That's uh, that's correct. And you did say Caden Grice uh, in your column yesterday, so props on that. And I would say that this is going to be a team where if things go well, Caden Grice, I don't think he's going to be in the, the leadoff role every single game. But if yeah. you if the first thing the starting pitcher sees is 31 up there in the left-hand batter's box, that is a heck of a thing to see when you're starting the game. And uh, so I'm I'm really intrigued to see what that uh, what that uh, looks and, like today from Binghamton. And you know what else, too, Quack? The guy who's making out that lineup has taken a team to the CWS. So you know, I mean, he probably knows what he's doing. He he probably does. You know, maybe uh maybe crazy like a fox a little bit. Um, speaking of that, what have you got your eye on from the ACC and baseball this weekend? Anything in particular, or any team that you're really excited to see? Well, I'm really excited to see the Deacons because, you know, Ryan uh, Wilkin, uh, the uh, uh, defending or reigning ACC pitcher of the year, uh, Brock Wilkin, who will probably lead the league in home runs and could be the ACC player of the year. I mean, Wake Forest hasn't been to Omaha since 1955, and this could be the year. Um, and it's, it, they're loaded, it seems like. Um, and I want to see if they're as good as advertised. Wilkins going to be pitching tomorrow, not today. Uh, they've got three different games. They're playing in a little round-robin situation. And then the other one I want to see is uh, you know, I want to see Florida State with Link Jarrett. I don't necessarily think that their roster is championship-worthy yet, but Link Jarrett at um, Notre Dame – took a roster that wasn't that great and, and won with it and then developed it and ended up getting them to Omaha last year. So I want to see how quickly a turnaround that happens uh, down there in, in Florida. Yeah, Wake Forest uh, starting off this weekend. Again, as you said, a little bit of a round-robin situation. They've got Youngstown State today and Florida State taking on James Madison at 5. Uh, let's let's talk a little hoops now because we've got a lot of uh, moving and shaking to do in the last <laughs> couple weekends of regular season play in the ACC. I want to start with the Sunday game. I love when a rivalry yeah. has a little bit of extra juice, and it's it's a couple bubble teams here with North Carolina and NC State and Raleigh. I kind of disagree. I'm not saying that uh, NC State's a bubble team right now. I think okay. NC State's pretty solidly in unless they stumble, you know, they stub their toe a couple of times uh, head down the stretch. But uh, listen, it's a big game for a lot of reasons. First of all, 
it's the first time the two teams have met since Traquavion Smith got taken out of uh, the Dean Dome on a backboard in an ambulance uh, for the, from the leaky black foul. So there's going to be a lot of venom in that building. And I want to see how the Wolfpack handles it because while the crowd is going to be very into it and it's going to be nasty, I want to see NC State keep its focus and say, you know what, that's old history. We've got more important things to do, and I want to see them uh, not psych themselves out by getting too out of control fired up over this. And what's really interesting about this is that, to me, this is a rivalry game that has kind of flipped the roles. The nail is now the hammer in this particular case. NC State has, has lost 31 of the last 36 games against the Tar Heels. And right now, they're the better team. Right now, they're the ranked team. And right now, the Tar Heels are the team that needs the, uh, the, you know, this win a lot more than the state does. Um, the Tar Heels have three quad one games left. This one, home against Virginia, home against Duke. And to be honest with you, I think they need two of them. Um, and so it would just, you know, it would warm the hearts of Wolfpack fans everywhere to have those blue bloods from Chapel Hill feel a little bit of what they usually end up feeling, and that is, uh, you know, giving the other guy, uh, making their season a little bit more, uh, a little bit more nervous toward the end. Visit with Brett Friedlander. He's at BeFried ACC on Twitter, and check him out at SaturdayRoad.com. He's got some great stuff there in college baseball and college basketball around the ACC at this point. Uh, you mentioned NC State being ranked. They lose to Syracuse this week. That may not be the case at the end of the season. Uh, you give the Orange credit. Yes. Ben, ben said that, uh, you know, if you look at it, Duke and Syracuse, it might be a game to see who's not playing on the Tuesday in Greensboro at the ACC tournament. Do you see it as that sort of an elimination game? It could be, but I still think Duke is the far superior team there. Um, you know, listen, they're a young team with a young coach. Let's see how they handle the whole zone you know, situation up there. But um, I just think their length and, and their, their size is just going to make a difference. Even if they don't make three-pointers, I think Duke's best offense is throw the ball up at the rim. If it doesn't go in, just go rebound and score because that's what they do best with Filipowski and Lively and Mitchell and, and, and Young. And so, I, I, yeah, I mean, Syracuse can definitely help itself, um, but I think Duke is, is the far superior team, and I don't think Duke is going to be in a, in a position uh, in a couple of weeks that they're going to have to worry about playing on Tuesday. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know what? I want to go back to NC State for a second because I want to follow up on something that we talked about Tuesday and get your thoughts. I said that NC State is maybe the most dangerous team. I think Ben agreed. They're the most dangerous team in the league because they can easily go win a game. Uh, they can easily go win the yep. tournament. But they can also shoot yep. and, and turn themselves over uh, out of a game against an inferior opponent. Do you see NC State as sort of that, like the, the biggest enigma in the whole yep. league and, and by that token being the most dangerous team to face? Not as much as I used to, not as much as they usually do. Um, I think the biggest X factor with, with NC State is how they call uh, DJ Burns backing in. Uh, because when yeah. he's on the road, and by the way, if you check the box score, both times Burt Smith has been one of the officials. Um, and not, this is not saying that he's got a bias. It's just saying this is the way he calls it. Uh, and so if, if Burt Smith is one of the officials, keep an eye on that. Uh, that situation but 
usually it happens on the road and not at home because the crowd really gets into it. And I think officials call to the crowd a lot, especially this year. But that's another story. But if they call DJ Burns for offensive fouls when he starts backing in, like they did against Syracuse in a very crucial situation down the stretch, then NC State's in trouble. If they let him be physical, back in, and, and, and score, then NC State can beat anybody in, in the field. All right, one more game that's that's really a, a good contest that we could talk about uh, on the hardwood this weekend is, uh, well, there's really a couple. I want to start with uh, Wake Forest and Miami because I, I just said in the last segment I thought uh, Wake Forest may be a poor man's Miami in terms of the pace they want to play at and the way they want to beat you. Hey, it's going to be hard for Wake to go on the road and beat a Miami team that's been good at home. Do they have what it takes to do that? Sure they do because Tyree Appleby can, can win a game by himself. And their bigs are, are pretty good. Uh, Andrew Carr is a really underrated player, and he's, he's kind of a, a poor man's Jake LaRavia. Um, but, I, you know, if this game was in Winston-Salem, I would say Wake has really got a good shot at winning this. But, you know, we talk about Isaiah Wong, but, but Miami's really got a lot of depth. They've got a lot of versatility. Pack can really knock it down. Um, the big kid, the transfer, and I, his name always slips my mind, uh, is, is just a physical presence inside. And Jim Laranega is a highly underrated coach, and, and, and they play well at home, even though they don't really have that much of a home court advantage because the crowds aren't there. But uh, um, I, I, I think Miami wins this game. I really do like Wake, but I don't like this particular matchup in, in Coral Gables. All right, and then the last game for the weekend that really has significant stakes is Pitt-Virginia Tech. This is a desperation point for Virginia Tech after a bad, bad loss to Georgia Tech earlier this week. You've got Pitt on the road trying to stay up there in that upper echelon of the league. What happens in Blacksburg tomorrow? Is it desperation for Virginia Tech, or is it the consistency and the veteran nature of Pittsburgh? I think it's the consistency and veteran nature uh, with Pittsburgh. And I, I, right now, if I had to vote Jeff Capel as the coach of the year, uh, and that team really, I mean, they're in first place for crying out loud. Uh, but here's the thing about Virginia Tech. They're playing at home. But, listen, they, they beat Virginia, and they looked great doing it, and they got themselves back on the bubble by doing so. But it was a rivalry game. And losing to Georgia Tech, and Clemson knows this better than anybody else, bad losses are almost worse than good wins help you. And that loss against Georgia Tech was a horrible one. And I think that for Virginia Tech, it's going to take more than just beating Pitt um, this weekend. I, I think that they're going to have to win that game and maybe win the tournament again to get in because uh, that, that loss to Georgia Tech, I believe it's, a, it's at least a quad three game, but it may end up being a quad four game. That's going to be tough to get off your resume. That's going to be tough to wash out. It's a quad three as it stands right now, but as you say, uh, Georgia Tech, you never really know. And by the way, speaking of Georgia Tech, we have a request from Chad the Mailman on the Adams Curving text line. Uh, ask Brett to give us a rundown of Florida Tech because the people need to know, first of all, the people need to know why Georgia Tech is playing Florida Tech this weekend and not just taking the open date. And secondly, they need to know any bit of minutia that you have about Florida Tech. <laughs> I have absolutely no minutia, no knowledge of Florida Tech, but I can tell you why they're doing it. Obviously, there's an odd number of ACC teams in basketball, and so every cycle, somebody during the week is going to have an off week. And a lot of coaches like to take, especially this time of year, they like to take um, 
that week off to just kind of rest up and work on things to get prepared for the uh, the uh, um, postseason. But there are some coaches who like the continuity of playing. Coach K used to have a game like this uh, in this situation. Uh, I remember a couple of years he played St. John's. Uh, one year he played UCLA. Um, some some coaches just don't like having days off or you know not playing in long stretches at this time of year. And I guess Josh Pastner falls into that category. Very interesting stuff. Uh, is there is there a coach? Let me ask you this: With Mike Bray out, is there a coach on the hot seat more than Josh Pastner coming down the stretch? Is there is there anything he can do to to save his job at this point? Well, win the ACC tournament. You know, sure. I don't know what the statute. I don't know what the statute of limitations for winning a an ACC championship uh, is, but he's gone two years of, you know two years removed from that, and there's an asterisk by it because the year he won it, it was the COVID year, and if you remember, Duke opted out of the semifinals, and so he got a a, a free pass into the championship game, uh, and so yeah, it's it's. And look, he's got a new athletic director too, which is never a good thing for a struggling coach. Yeah, I, I would think that Josh Pastner is is the guy on the hottest seat right now because if you look the the three that started the season on the hot seat, uh, Brownell, Capel, and Keats are all have all I believe already done enough to save their jobs. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at this point at all. Uh, certainly, those three and oh, guys. By the way, go ahead. I, I don't know if we're talking hot seat or not. But I would not be shocked if Syracuse has had enough of, of Jimmy Jimmy B's uh, shenanigans and talks him into walking away at the end of this season. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, they're on the bubble every year. Uh, it's not the program it used to be. And some of the stuff that he does and the whole buying of teams and, you know, the embarrassment to the university, uh, I, I don't know how much longer the folks that are in charge there are going to want to put up with that. Well, and he basically emasculated his boss. I mean, he said, basically, I tell him when I'm leaving, right? I mean, you can't say yeah, that publicly yeah. and not have some ramifications. And and threw his biggest booster under the bus, too. No, yes. My guy doesn't pay for players, you know? <laughs> yeah. God. What a mess. Brett, as always, we appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at BeFreedACC. Check him out SaturdayRoad.com. Thanks, my man. Uh, enjoy baseball opening day i'm sure you're gonna be covering some games in a triangle uh, on the hardwood but uh try to watch you some baseball this weekend too i also have some outdoor hockey tomorrow night as well so yeah oh fantastic good luck with that too all right take care thanks you too that's brett freelander joining us as he does each and every friday some interesting stuff from brett 654 roar is the number when we come back we have a lot more to discuss on out of bounds live from duck kingsmore stadium stay tuned Whatever your child's dreams may be, Kumon Learning Centers can help them come true. The Kumon Math and Reading Program works thanks to the power of daily practice. Regular practice in math and reading strengthens skills and opens up opportunities. Practice builds independence, confidence, and grit in academics and in life. Kumon can help your child reach higher and achieve more. Right now, enroll and save up to $50. Call 1-800-ABC-MATH. Why wait? Start your spring cleaning today and get insanely clean home with zero res carpet and air duct cleaning. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for $119 plus a free hallway. Book online at zeroresgreenville.com. 
Rely on the pros in EnviroMulch for all your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and much more. Choose EnviroMulch. Make your yard look amazing during the colder months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Go Tigers! Buying a newer pre-owned vehicle can be a challenging task. The George Coleman Ford team strives to change that. Perhaps that's why their online reviews and multiple Ford President's Awards speak volumes. And with new inventory arriving monthly, you can find the vehicle you've been looking for or have George Coleman Ford order one for you. Never any hidden fees or phantom charges at George Coleman Ford. Plain and simple, old-fashioned, honest business. The best is found in Traveler's Rest. George Coleman Ford. Keep your commercial building in its best condition with roofing services from Adams & Co. They understand how important your business is to our community, your family, and your employees. Keeping your roof in its best condition keeps your business running. Whether you have shingle, silicone, TPO, metal, or a bitumen roof, they not only repair current damage and leaks, but can offer a free roof inspection to help catch small issues before they become big problems. 864-260-0080. This Saturday, the Clemson Tigers are headed north to Kentucky as they take on the Louisville Cardinals. As conference play winds down, each win becomes even more important, and the Tigers look to come back home with a win. Broadcast begins at 6.30. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Everyone here knows Diamonds Direct is the place to go for the best diamonds at the best prices. But did you know that savvy buyers from all over America, even Los Angeles and New York, now come here to buy their diamonds? These high-end shoppers have discovered that Diamonds Direct has one of America's best selections of large, rare diamonds, from 3 carats to 20 carats, all certified by the GIA, the most reputable and most trusted gem lab in the world. Because of Diamonds Direct's international connections and tremendous buying power, we're one of only a handful of jewelry stores in America that is able to offer a large selection of rare and precious GIA diamonds. In fact, Diamonds Direct's multi-million dollar selection includes a stunning array of high-end Riviera necklaces, 20-carat tennis bracelets, and an extraordinary collection of rare, precious gemstones, rubies, sapphires, emeralds, and even the really hard-to-find fancy yellow diamonds. Come see why Diamonds Direct right here is the destination for high-end shoppers all over America. Extraordinary selection, quality, and unmatched value. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. DiamondsDirect.com. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Race with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. Whether it's our famous glazed or one of our specialty donuts, we have something for everyone at work or at home. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. So you can boogie woogie woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie woogie woogie through the mud. Or boogie woogie woogie to work, where you boogie woogie woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Shortcut the boogie. Then you boogie woogie woogie to the elevator as he boogie woogie woogies after you, begging. 
please take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Pinnacle Veterinary Group, the first and only practice achieving AAHA accreditation in Pickens County, takes a proactive and progressive approach to medicine for keeping your pet healthier longer. Being a family-oriented private practice, they treat their staff, clients, and patients as they want to be treated. Their facility is equipped to care for sick, injured, and healthy pets with in-house diagnostic, lab testing, radiology, surgery, and digital ultrasound. They take pride in caring for your family. Call 624-8824 or go online to pinnacleveterinarygroup.com. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. You're listening to 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. He can absolutely move in a different direction quickly without warning. Where every day is game day. Try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe though the going gets rough. We press on out of bounds. William Quackenbush, Ben Milstead here inside the radio booth. In Duck Kingsmore Stadium, they are uh, going to open the gates in about two minutes, and the folks will start filing in and getting to their seats and uh, filling up an opening day stadium here. It, again, it's just one of the it's one of the greatest things in all of sports to see. Uh, one of the worst things in all of sports to see Ben is a cheater, and we have we have some. Uh, I won't even call it breaking news, but it, it is related to Clemson to some degree. Uh, Ben, I'm going to ask you to think back, and I'm putting you on the spot here. So if you don't get it, that's fine. I had the whole break to think about it, and I didn't even I didn't even tell you we were going to do this. Uh, think to like some of the great scandals in ACC history. Does any does anything come to mind when you when you just talk about the great like like a cheating scandal in ACC history that uh, that impacted the integrity of the game? Oh boy, that impacted the integrity of the game. Well, there is one that hasn't that was never punished in Duke buying Zion Williamson. Uh, that's, oh, that's yes. well, I mean it, that's what happened. That's the most yes. immediate one. Uh, I do think about obviously the North Carolina uh, fake classes. I don't know if that really impacted the games or not, but. I don't know. There's been some officiating calls that I f- sure feel were scandalous. I, I feel like I'm missing a big one. I, I'm, I'm struggling here uh, for you know, a real one. There was one that came. Those are all very good, by the way. Those are all very good. And those all came to my mind as well. The first one that came to mind, and it's probably just because of the, the name of it, the title that just rolls off the tongue, is uh, Wakey Leaks. Oh, yes. And, you know, it was – it was yes, it was uh, – you know, Wake Forest did it. They were sabotaged from the uh, from the radio booth. Um, but the the team that was most aligned with Wakey Leaks in terms of benefiting was, of course, Louisville. And Louisville has been kind of in uh, a rogue athletic department for a long time. Um, I saw some people talking about this on Twitter. One of the tweets was, if you bring up extortion at Louisville, you have to be specific which one because they've had multiple <laughs> extortions. I mean, remember... Remember the uh, Rick Pitino extortion case with uh, what's it K- Karen Cyphers Cy- or whatever her name is? Hey, and, let's talk uh, about the extortion case at your school. Could you be more specific? <laughs> you, you, you have to. You have to be more specific. What, what decade? Because, 
You, yeah, because you also had the uh, the extortion case with Dino Gaudio and Chris Mack, where Chris Mack fired his friend, and then his friend tried to extort him, uh, but to, to turn over stuff to the NCA. Just, I mean, just crazy stuff. Absolutely bonkers stuff in there. Uh, you had you had the. Uh, you know the 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 strippers and prostitutes scandal in Louisville. Like there's there's so much stuff to choose from. Ben, we have a new one. I've got a new scandal from Louisville, and it it has to do with basketball. And this is why I bring it up because Clemson is going into a place where they are so starved for victories that they will do basically anything. This is from Dan Morrison, Virginia's on three beat writer. Okay. And I'm just going to read this story, all right? I'm just reading this verbatim. This is what he says. Tom Brady wasn't in the building for the Louisville-Virginia game on Wednesday night, but that hasn't prevented controversy surrounding a deflated ball being used during the game. Then he goes on. He says, Virginia wasn't happy with the ball used during the second half of the Cavaliers' close win over Louisville. Throughout the half, Virginia players can be seen going to the ball. That included Ben Vanderplas showing the ball to a referee and Kihei Clark showing head coach Tony Bennett. And then he's, there's a couple of tweets with videos and basically players like looking at the ball weirdly, handing it to refs, trying to squeeze it and what have you. It says the ball was measured about seven minutes after the game ended. Now, the Virginia radio announcer, John Freeman, was there. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a chance to guess – if I told you that in the NBA, basketballs are inflated between 7.5 and 8.5 and and PSI, what do you think the basketball was inflated to at the end of the Virginia-Louisville game, Ben? Just give me a ballpark here. Uh, um, uh, five? Okay. See, I would think like five. Five is flat, okay? Uh-huh. 2.8 PSI. Yeah, that was flat. Ben, they were playing with a Frisbee. That, like, that's essentially what, like, how did anyone dribble the ball? Anyone. Unbelievable. Quack. Freeman. Uh, and this was ahead. at Louisville? This was at Louisville. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Freeman's quote, he says, the ball is just sitting there. I asked if I could pick it up, and it was super flat. The people at the table were surprised. So they had a gauge that they keep, and they put it, and then and they put it in, and it was 2.8 PSI. My guess is that the ball just started spilling air at the very end of the game, and by the time I got to it, even more it leaked out. But, man. It was super flat. Close quote. Um, can I can I say this? You know, I, I'm not as worried about that in Clemson's game. We are bringing our own ball expert and Bre- Brevin Galloway. So. Oh! <laughs> I mean, you got two big ball stories in the ACC, and these worlds are colliding Saturday at seven o'clock. <laughs> Can, this can, that I'll never recover from that. I'm never, I'm not recovering the rest of the show. If I come on to baseball pregame laughing, it's because I'm still laughing at that. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh my god. Oh my god. Texter says they're redefining taking the air out of the ball. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, look, there there are worse ways to fix a game. Than basically let the ball get to 2.8 psi. I'm, I'm, I, like I watched the end of that game. I'm stunned that any basketball was played that, with a basketball that yeah, flat. Yeah, you know that's not intentional. Uh, but at the same time, isn't the onus on the officials to do something about that? Like if, if an, if a, if a player comes to me during the break and shows me, and they, and they were there was video of them 
pushing on the ball to show him, like, look, I'm not supposed to be able to indent the ball like this, but I can. Shouldn't the official, like, double-check that? Because basketballs do lose their air, and, you know, it, it can happen. The important thing is to realize that it's happening and fix it. I mean, I, I don't get how you ignore that after players and coaches are, ta- are telling you that there's an issue. You know, I I do think the onus on the officials, kind of like what we talked about with the men's ball at the in, in, in the uh, Carol Lawson Duke situation. Uh, the onus is on the officials, but I do think like somebody could like raise a stink about it and make the officials make a change. Uh, I, I mean, especially if players are are openly questioning it. I'm just I'm kind of wondering like I, I'm honestly wondering why officials aren't being a little more. Um, accusatory of the arena folks for, you know, like, why is this ball so flat? Why are players coming up to me saying that the ball's flat? Coaches not being more forceful, talking to officials. I don't understand how this is something that it takes till the end of the game to resolve. I just don't. If you have questions during the game, ask the questions. Like, it's not against the – I mean, people complain about obvious foul calls every single time down the floor. Why in the world can you not – for some reason, the complaints are falling on deaf ears here – and they're completing entire halves and entire games with the wrong basketball or flat basketballs. Yeah, and look, I'm always here to bash Louisville when necessary. I don't think that's a situation where that, like I said, that that is done intentionally. You've seen it, Quack. There is, there's usually a nice older gentleman sitting courtside uh, wearing an official's jersey, and he holds the basketball like during halftime and things like that. It's it would be hard to do that intentionally and there are situations i mean obviously things have defects and you certainly can see a basketball losing its air at some yes. point um so i'm not i'm really not focused on that but to your point like why isn't there more ba- more than one basketball available or is there and and what is the protocol for officials when there is a complaint there about something like that you think about okay in football you've got you know bags of footballs that are approved and that can be used and part of that's because you always you know you're always having to respot the ball and things like that but the sport that where you are right now pitcher grabs a basket a baseball he doesn't like the way that the laces feel he's going to toss that sucker to the dugout he's going to get a new one and he could do right. that he could do that 20 times why why is there not something similar to that in basketball? I you know what I can't tell you. I I wish that I had a good answer, but there there should be. I mean really in in a lot of arenas and a, a member of the arena staff like grabs a ball off the rack. Why would you not grab two balls off the rack? And let right. the officials choose right there at the table. Choose what it is or like you said if something happens to a ball during a game it's not like that's the only basketball within a six-mile radius. There are there are dozens of men's or women's basketballs in a collegiate basketball arena. If somebody has a question, like you said, like a pitcher, just throw a new one. There's dozens of balls in here. It does, it just doesn't make any sense that we well sorry this is what we got so we we gotta just uh, we gotta just play, you know play out the string and we'll fix it later. Uh, it 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 just seems very small time for a. For a, a sport and a level of play that's, you know, a very high level and very serious, it's 
It's a very non-serious thing. I will keep my eye uh, on that tomorrow night. Please do. You Me know and Brevin it, Galloway, we'll both you know keep what? an eye on that. If at every media you would just consult, uh, you would consult Brevin. This is a game. I, I believe I'm right in saying Louisville. Uh, they are, and I I did not go to the women's game last week, so I can't remember. Um, that you are right beside the bench, right? For radio purposes? Uh, no, I'm across. Last time I was there, I was across the arena from the across. bench. Across. Okay, yeah. okay. So so it might be a little bit more difficult, but you just need to you need to make sure you, you make eye contact with somebody and just make sure uh, make sure the balls are properly deflated there. And then of course we want to check with uh, we want to check with Brevin as the uh, as the de facto expert on these matters. Yeah, no doubt. Oh my gosh. Hey, All right. Uh, uh, Go ahead. Real quickly, uh just because we never mentioned this and we should. I don't know if you caught any uh, you, you were just talking about Louisville there. Actually watch and you I felt like you'd be so proud of me, Quack. I watched Louisville Notre Dame women's basketball last night. It was on the yes. four letter network and it went to overtime and Notre Dame uh Miles hits a fadeaway at the buzzer to win. A, man, what a quality basketball game down the stretch. And then in Raleigh, I didn't see this on television, but you, I saw the highlights today. NC State with a big comeback in the fourth quarter to beat, uh, to take North Carolina to overtime and, and then just blew them out in overtime. But it was in uh, the old Reynolds Coliseum, and I know you've been there. What an environment that was, uh, and a huge comeback win for the Wolfpack. I mean, there were two. Uh, there, I'm sure there were more than two, but those were two quality fi- women's games on last night. I I saw there was a measurement of a game that we did in Reynolds Coliseum where the decibel level was over a hundred. Oh, over a hundred decibels for a women's basketball game. It, it's a it's a great environment, and I was I was kind of surprised. I thought North Carolina was better. They were leading the whole game. I thought they would salt that thing away, and I was wrong about that. And uh, I'll say this, man, that Olivia Miles shot at the end of the game, that that is as good as it freaking gets. She almost had a triple-double in the game. She's got nine assists and makes that shot. What uh, a tough shot. After, I mean, goodness gracious, what a basketball game. Unbelievable. All right, in our final segment, I got a story or two that we might could get to. I want to see if we can coax some thoughts on Bob Mahoney. Just get his uh, raw reaction to Caden Grice leading off today. 654 Roars the number. Final segment of the program is up next. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Why wait? Start your spring cleaning today and get insanely clean home with zero res carpet and air duct cleaning. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for $119 plus a free hallway. Book online at zeroresgreenville.com. Standing water or that musty smell in your basement can be a sign of major problems. Canty Foundation Specialists are your local experts in basement waterproofing and crawl space repair. Call us today for a free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 
or online at cantycanfixit.com. Get a leg and thigh dinner with fixings from Bojangles for just $5.99. It's bow time. Shopping at Ingles is where it's at, right? If you're on the run or you don't have time to make a meal, a trip to your Ingles Deli is the best bet for fresh and prepared foods to go. They have everything you need for you and your team, whether at home or at the tailgate. How about a beautiful arrangement from the Ingles Floral Department to give a friend or a loved one a nice pick-me-up? Be sure to use that Ingles Advantage card because it saves you real money at the 24-hour Ingles Gas Express pumps. Did you know Ingles has a great choice of gluten-free products to choose from? Go to Ingles-Markets.com and you'll find a huge list of those gluten-free products. And remember Ingles, too, for your family's pharmacy needs, including vaccine and flu shots. American-owned with locations throughout the upstate. That's Ingles, where you'll always find low prices and you'll love the savings. If you're opening a new business or your current business needs updated branding, call the pros at Electric City Signs to make your brand come to life. They take care of the entire design process from logo to install, channel letters, road signs, LED message centers. They do it all. Serving upstate South Carolina, western North Carolina, and northeast Georgia businesses. Remember, a business with no sign is a sign of no business. Mention this ad to receive a 5% discount. 864-225-5351. Go Tigers! M&J Auto Parts is your local independent auto parts warehouse. If you have an import, domestic, or slingshot vehicle, we have the parts you need. With over 100 years of staff experience, we'll get you back on the road quickly and affordably. We have also partnered with Jasper Engines and carry rough country off-roading parts. All parts carry a national warranty, so if a part fails, you are covered. Visit our warehouse, 106 West Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greer, or call us at 864-469-9389. We are here to help you. M&J Auto Parts. You're going to feel a puff of air. Chong's Optometry oh. has set their sights on staffing up. Try the next line. Hey, Kim, can you tell our 2 o'clock we're running 15 behind? Sorry, we're a bit backed up today. He needs an optometric technician to keep an eye on it all. Where are the dilation drops? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. And your weekdays with Walt Deptula, host of Road Rage. Walt eats, breathes, and sleeps sports. And he'll break down any sport at any time. Walt knows all things football, college, and NFL. And Walt's the station's NFL draft expert, competing in the NFL Top 100 annually. If you're up for a spirited debate, Road Rage is the place for you. Check him out weekdays 3 to 7 on 105.5 and 97.5 FM. Or tune in on our app or website, theroarfm.com. Needing to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or wood chipper? Or maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor? McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union, McNeelyStoreandRental.com. Or call Matt for a quote today, 828-553-4338. Hey, you didn't have to go to college to be a college sports fan. Get all our college football coverage all day right here. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Touchdown! Where every day is game day. 
there it is. The last segment of the show. Last segment of the week. Weekend is here. You got uh, Clemson softball taking on Northwestern in just a few minutes. Live from campus at 3 o'clock. And then, of course, uh, baseball pregame starts at 3.30. Opening day today. Quack, give me a little, uh, give me a little taste of what's what it looks like there. Do, do we see people over milling around softball, or we got people coming into the stadium here yet? Uh, we've got a trickle of folks who have come in. The gates have been open about 15 minutes. Uh, softball is starting in about 15 minutes. We have lineups uh, that are officially in for them. It's going to be uh, Valerie Cagle is in the circle for Clemson today, so that's got to make you feel real good about things as Clemson's undefeated softball team takes on Northwestern, uh, a team that is ranked inside the top 20, had a difficult uh, opening to their season, and so it's very, very good. Danielle Williams is a good pitcher. She's been roughed up once this year already with six earned runs allowed in seven innings, but uh, very, very good. Right here at uh, baseball, we've got uh, Clemson wearing the, uh, the home orange with the purple numbers and letters. They're out of the vest look for batting practice. Uh, Binghamton is wearing black tops and gray bottoms on the road, so that'll be a nice contrast in the stadium. The winds are dying down a little bit, as you said they would, and uh, they're still going to be gusty, you know, around 20 miles an hour, but the sustained winds may be in the – the low teens uh, today, and maybe about 60 degrees. Should be pretty good. Bob Mahoney's like, wait a minute, that's 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 windy. I see more wind out there than 10 to 15 <laughs> miles an hour. That's that's what he said. And when I was walking in, it was a lot more than that. Yes. It's uh, 55 degrees right now. Uh, the feels like it's 51. And it does say the sustained winds uh, at 17 miles an hour, there according to the okay. app. So there's Bob Mahoney, weather expert, baseball weather expert. I feel a little bit better about that. There you go. So that's the uh, that's the sight and sound. few clouds in the sky. I always say, like, I don't, wanna, I don't want, like, the bluest sky. I want a few clouds for a perfect baseball day. And so that's just making it extra special uh, here at the ballpark. Ben, do you feel like you're here with us? Well, with the uh, the in in stadium uh, speakers there, yeah, it does kind of feel like I'm right there with you. Yeah, I don't know that I've heard. First of all, I don't know that I've heard these songs before. I imagine about sixty percent of the people that come to the game tonight, this afternoon, probably are not going to be entertained by the music that we've heard over the last over the last. Half hour, 45 minutes. I can pretty much assure you of that. That sounds like somebody with an open email inbox. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, Bob, I know you're excited to be here. Uh, We've got about 10 or so minutes left in the show. Uh, I know when I came in, I said, hey, uh, first name on that lineup is Caden Grice. You went, what? Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm curious, what what is your thought about that? Well, I'm, I'm trying to get the feel for that. I really am. I'm, I'm trying to say, okay, and I'm trying to kind of put myself in the place of Caden Grice because I don't know that in the interviews in the preseason there's been a guy that's had more of a transition than Caden Grice, to tell you the truth. You know, we talked about this on Tuesday. What was the word that you saw that, that I thought that really had an impact? Trajectory is the word I threw out there. And I think what has happened in the last eight months, right? I think Kay yes. Rice's trajectory as he approaches baseball is completely different. 
I don't disagree with that at all. It, sa- it certainly sounds that way. That's it right. seems that way. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he's a guy that he's, he had to be putting a lot of pressure on himself last year. I think it just didn't go very well with him mentally. And I think I think the new staff has been good for him in terms of just being able to sort of do a reset on his whole approach. And in talking to Eric Baggett a little bit today, I would say that there were probably several guys who – just really needed to hit the reset button and they said you know he kind of said it's been it's been easier to work with those guys once we told them to kind of like take a deep breath and we'll just sort of reprogram you from the start instead of trying to unwind a lot of the the things that they had told themselves that maybe weren't true or were conflicting or things like that yeah that and they've had plenty of time to really work on these little mechanical issues if uh, if that's what the problem was a lot of it obviously you just talked about was probably mental but like you said, the reset on that. But then if there's little mechanical things that you can work on, you got plenty of time. You had the whole fall and here in the spring. And now you got to, you know, I think it's a new confidence for Caden. And it's interesting to throw a guy that you know, and you mentioned it, was under pressure last year every time he came to the plate, is now in the leadoff spot, which is just crazy. That is, <laughs> it is crazy. And, uh, you know, that's the first thing that the opposing pitcher is going to see too yes is Kate Grice so yeah, six uh, seven in the box that's going to be uh that's going to be quite something right there the other thing that uh is noteworthy is you know you returned a lot of guys with starting experience on the mound and yet the three guys in the weekend rotation combined to make one start last year not only that but I looked at this. They had 11, 11 out of the 12 saves on the staff were by these three guys how about that so you've got a lot of closing experience and a lot of back-of-the-game experience. And it goes to something that, uh, Ben, you and I heard um, Eric Baggett talk about. that, uh, And I think he said it in the broader media, too, that he wants Ryan Ammons today to close the first inning and then close the second inning and close the third inning and kind of let that be his approach. I think they're going to try to keep him. I mean, normally opening day around 75, 80 pitches, something like that. I would expect they won't go too far past that. And then we'll see what he does. He's also yeah. he also told me this that they're going to use Weiss at the back of the game unless they need to win the game in the fifth inning or the sixth inning or seventh inning or eighth inning. He's going to be a, a situational leverage guy too. Well, I tell you, when you said Caden Grice was in the leadoff spot, I said, "Oh my goodness, everything's going to be different." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, the things that we expect to happen just may not happen today. You know, I and I think about Ryan Ham starting the game tonight. You know, that takes a serious mindset too. Uh, from a closer to a starter because a closer goes out there and maxes out. And it's interesting that you were saying that, you know, we've heard Eric say he's going to make him close the first inning, close the second inning. So does that mean he maxes out the first inning, maxes out the second inning, or does he try to pace himself? Because that's what a starter's got to do. you got to realize that you can get guys out without throwing your hardest fastball, without throwing your best curveball. You've got to get out there and execute pitches. You've got to stay around the strike zone, which has been big talk, obviously, for this pitching staff. And I think you'll see that. You'll see them aggressively hit the strike zone. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if he maxes out like he could as a closer when you're only going to throw anywhere between 25, 30, maybe 35 pitches. A couple other things I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, two freshmen starting in the outfield. And Eric Baggett's told me this is uh, – before I can't remember if it was before or after we started actually recording today, but he was talking about the the depth in the outfield. He said we got nine guys that could start anywhere in America, 
in the outfield, which is amazing because I think when you ask the average fan, they're going, okay, and you know when you ask the play-by-play guy today, you're going, okay, we got question marks in the outfield. And what Eric Backage would say is, uh, no, we don't. We just have guys that you hadn't seen yet. Well, that, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I do. I do. And that's what's interesting about seeing two two freshmen out there in the in the first game, first inning. It's it's going to be crazy. But they obviously have seen these guys in the spring, I mean in the fall and in the spring. So these guys feel like they've earned it. Plus, I think there's some tweaks out there on some of these the guys that normally would start. I think there's they, they've got some injuries on the team right now and some of these guys that aren't in the lineup are obvious guys that people are probably expected to see in the lineup when cooper engel tyler corbett is in the lineup but as a dh and you don't see will taylor in the lineup which everybody expected but we know that he's been tweaked he does, he's not 100 percent with it with that leg and you don't see those guys in the lineup you're going okay what what are we going to do in the outfield you know with all that depth Who's going to be playing the outfield? So you're going to get a chance to see two young guys today. Well, and it, I, I always think, and it, it might annoy some people, I like an opportunity for a guy like Chad Ferry, who, you know, he's gotten some opening day opportunities in the past, hasn't always stewarded those opportunities well. Put him out there again. Let's see if he can if he can really solidify himself as an older player that's got some leadership responsibility in this clubhouse. Can he do the things that we know he can on a consistent basis? And that's what I've seen when I've been down here watching scrimmages and some of the practices is that Chad's got some leadership qualities that we didn't necessarily see last year. And I think Chad was one of them that thought that, you know, there's a lot of individual performances out on the field last year. And obviously he was one of them because he wasn't – I don't think he was playing like he thought he should be able to play. And when that happens – you get inside yourself, and you say, okay, what am I contributing? Why am I not? So you're concentrated on making yourself better. And uh, this year, I think he has more of the team concept. You know, I want to be better, but I want to be better for the team. I want to be better to make this team better. And I think we'll see how that, you know, translate into whether he'll have a successful start today. But he is a leader on this team. And you know what? Eric Baggage also told us this week they're looking for about 12 pitchers to contribute and about 12 position players, about two-thirds of your roster. You don't really want to have to go, like, right to the bottom of that on the opening day. But it is a good opportunity to see, okay, Cam Canarella. How many times have we seen the fall superstar, the spring superstar, I guess winter superstar in January, then February comes and they flame out, all right, all right, young man, in-state yep. uh, product as a freshman. Can you do what we've seen you do in the scrimmages? Can you do it when the lights get bright out there? Exactly right. And we saw that two years ago, I guess it was, when Brewer got his start yep. as a freshman in right field. I remember when he first started, and he got thrown into the fire pretty quick and uh, didn't have quite the success that he wanted to have early. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see these young guys under this new staff now, uh, how they contribute, being inserted in the lineup and out on the field, and here we go. We're going to have time for a lot more questions. we got a 30-minute pregame to fill, folks. Yes, uh, we do. 3.30 to 4. <laughs> but I do want to ask you about Riley Bertram because I asked Eric Backich about Bertram. Because when you're voting for captains, rarely do you have a new guy that's voted a captain. They have four captains. Ryan Ammons is one. I've got a couple others from returners. But Riley Bertram's one. And I asked him, like, how does that happen? That you, you have somebody 